right, good morning, Tampa folks, and welcome to Tampa Talk. It's July 8th, and this is your weekly roundup of all things Tampa. I'm John. And I'm Dahlia. And this is Tampa Talk. So what are we talking about? Well, first and foremost, something that really caught my eye in this week's news updates was the Tampa Bay poet and activist that um, there was an article about. Do you want to tell us what you thought about it? Because oh, I thought he really resembled you. <laughs> resembled me. Well, that that's a compliment. I was really impressed with this dude. I George William II, who actually I went and looked him up immediately because I was so intrigued by what this dude was doing. Um, he goes by he, – he runs what he calls Triple R Street Ministries. Uh, the Triple R is real, raw, and radical. But as soon as I pulled up the news story, they had a little video clip of him. And immediately – and hopefully this is what reminded you of me was the thing that he said is compassion and burden move you to do something. It's not – you can't just talk about it. You have to do something. And I, that just resonated so deeply with me. I, I'm immediately planning to reach out to this dude to see if I can get him on the work ethic or something. I want to hear more about what he's doing. Maybe we can get we can highlight him more in uh, in the newsletter as well. Uh, but I'm I'm really excited about George Williams. Uh, he who goes by did you? I went to his website and at the top it says the Thirteenth Disciple. Yeah, Do you know the that. reference? Uh, no, I don't. So I don't know what he, his reference for that. Maybe that's just his poetry name. There is in history, this like Matthias character that they call the 13th disciple of Jesus, but more inter interesting or entertaining is the movie dogma, the Kevin Smith movie. I don't know if you've seen that, but Chris rock is a, the black disciple named Rufus who was left out of the story. Oh, and he's I've a unit. He's the 13th disciple, which yeah. is Rufus, which I, I just loved. And I, I would love to ask him to what the, what the reference point for him is. Uh, but the 13th disciple anyway, super excited about him. And I mean, people are out really struggling to pay for gas. And this dude just rolls up at a Wawa. And mm -hmm. it's like, we got you. Uh, would love to just bless you with some gas, praying for folks, connecting with folks. I, I just thought it was such a cool, cool thing. And I, I look forward to connecting with him. Uh, George, if you're listening, hit me up, dude. I, I, I really want to talk with you more. Yeah. Or if anybody else listening might know George and can give us that personal connection, that would be much appreciated. Cause like I said, I think there's a lot of synergy between what I read about him briefly and, and kind of what I know about the work of the well and the origin stories of Definitely that. Definitely resonates. Yeah, absolutely. Some other great uh, philanthropic news is uh, Kathy Castor just put out, an announcement she moved forward on a, a $10 million um, funding kind of request put on the White House desk. And so it specifically um, outlines 15 of the priorities for the Tampa Bay area. And what's really cool is these priorities range kind of across the board from all the different things that we might need in our city, from cultural arts centers to solar power investment to counseling centers and uh, USF research and health and and uh, transportation. So just really widespread and great to see that she's advocating for these different causes. And, you know, these are millions of dollars that could be invested in the community and, and really make a difference. So hopefully those go through and we get some uh, more money flowing in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah, I was really, it was really cool to see the list. I mean, all just amazing stuff from like transportation and bus stops to housing, to mm -hmm. workforce development, to the arts and culture. Uh, speaking of arts and culture, what's going on? So this weekend there is the sneaker convention. If we consider that art, it's definitely what culture. Sneaker heads, <laughs> um, and it actually absolutely is art as well. But it's happening at the Tampa Bay Convention Center, and so you do have to get your tickets online. And yeah, go ahead, check that out if that's uh, your jam. It's happening. 
yeah, this is a great place to uh, buy maybe some new sneaker drops or some collectible sneakers to make some trades, even if you're trying to kind of trade up. And then there's, I mean, kind of hundreds of, of vendors that are coming out to flip sneakers, sell sneakers, prop up sneakers, arts, collectibles, vintage stuff. Uh, I'm I'm actually quite intrigued and going to see if I can maybe steal a way to get there. Yeah. And if, you know, you're not looking to pay for a ticket to some sort of event this weekend, um, a resource that I just wanted to point out, I often go to Creative Loafing's free events page, and they do a really good job of just outlining free events in the Tampa Bay area. And there's tons going on every weekend, whether that be, you know, Armature Works, different fitness events, or Caddy's does like a yoga on the beach on Friday nights. But all these things are free, so completely accessible. Um, well, not completely. You gotta get, you gotta get there, but a little bit more achievable for those of us who are not looking to break the bank on, on tickets to different events. Um, but otherwise we put some, uh, really interesting articles out this week. I was really, well, first and foremost, I was really impressed by the be pedestrian that you shared today, uh, this week, John, do you want to give us a synopsis of what's that about? And maybe I'll tell you what stood out to me. Well, yeah, you might have to help me out. I mean, I, it's a bit of a reflection. So this is an old writing, you know, we've been going through some of this older writing that I have from this kind of attempted a book back in the day. And there's all these cool stories and points that I have in this like introductory chapter called like ruin. And, um, and so this is, it begins with a reflection on some time. So a friend of mine said, Hey man, like I'm feeling really disconnected from the poor. I know you work with a lot of homeless folks. Can you ask a friend of yours to take us out on the streets? And this is a huge shaping event that wouldn't have happened in my own life probably without the, this ask from a friend. So I just kind of like tell a little bit of that story, mm-hmm. um, which then while we were out, he asked us like, what do you wish you would have brought? And there's, you know, my friend Brian gives this answer. This is, it'll probably keep changing the longer we're out here. We spent like three days out there and that's exactly what did happen. And that got me reflecting on like how we value the things that we have, what we take for granted. And so it's just a further reflection on waste and value. Mm -hmm. Um, And then kind of transfers into the trash dump, like the, the, you know, the McKay Bay trash dump here in Tampa and like, how many uh, things are out there because someone doesn't want them as opposed to maybe that no one can use them. And, you know, this really echoes the the kind of sentiment that is core to a lot of our own work and philosophy that it is only waste because we waste it. Yeah, no, it was a great read. Honestly, there was a lot of different things I could pull out of there that were very just interesting and, and kind of funny in different ways. I think my favorite had to have been uh, the fact that you went home to change your shoes Because, you know, even in this like super real experience of three days on the streets that most of us wouldn't even sign up for, let alone uh, can imagine. Um, And I I strike you strike me as somebody who could actually commit to that. And yet it was difficult for you. So it just goes to show you that we even though we can immerse ourselves in these experience, it's an experience. It's not our reality. And that's the difference between like there's a huge difference. Oh, yeah. I mean, even the reflection on the ability to go home and switch shoes or that I had other shoes to get into. But I will say I went out to what was way more of an itinerant life than I was ready for in like low top chucks, which my feet were like bleeding by the end of Mm. like half by halfway through the first day. And I knew that I would be crawling and unable to attend any further. And so he did. That was one of the questions he asked, like, what what do you wish you'd have brought? And I was like, oh, actually, I wish I'd have brought different shoes. In mm-hmm. fact, can we go get them? And and we did. Uh, but other than that, yes, yeah, stuck to the stuck to the spirit of the experiment. But that was an absolute necessity. Mm-hmm. No, very cool. Definitely worth the read. And I think it brings the reader a little bit closer to what that experience might be like. 
Um, another thing that was mentioned uh, kind of in multiple different areas of this week's article was the network state. Yeah, I'm excited about the network state. Yeah, tell us about it because we linked it in our podcasts. If you want to check it out there, we linked the book itself if you're more of a reader. And then we wrote a little bit about it if you just rather a synopsis of what's going on. But uh, if you want to give us a little bit of an overview. Yeah, Balaji, and I never can pronounce his name, but it's Srinivasan. Srinivasan. Anyway, Balaji, uh, just, he's been working on this book for some time. I've been really anticipating it called The Network State. The subtitle is like How to Start a New Country. And it's this incredible um, kind of a brief synopsis of this is like there is, he's he's looking at online communities like these, let's say, social networks. There's now large numbers of people that could I mean, in the numeric value go, these are as big or bigger than countries or states. And then at the same time, looking at the emergence of like digital ownership rights and governance abilities with Web3 and blockchain and going with a certain tech stack. Uh, he uses the kind of archipelago image, this like series of islands that like basically something that begins in the cloud can then begin to crowdfund and source land. And he's been talking about this for some time. It's actually one of the ideas that initially got me to go down the rabbit hole to begin with was I heard an interview with him thinking about this idea. And I do think he's at the cutting edge of where things can go. I'm not sure I've heard many people speak that are more seemingly prescient or seeing into the future clearly of what's coming. And this guy says, look, we're going to see entirely. He, he actually says like, this is going to be the, um, the, successor to the nation state. Like this is, will be what replaces nation states in time. Uh, but it'll be even by recognition of these collectives of people through nation states. In any case, uh, really excited about the book. He released it. it. You can pay for it on Kindle, but it is. He also put it just on his website. It's completely free. And then this week, it actually released on Independence Day, which I mm -hmm. don't think was a mistake. And he aired that day on the 4th on Tim Ferriss show. Uh, in another three-hour interview. He's done three of them now with Tim Ferriss. All of them are worth listening to, but we linked that podcast. We linked the book, and then we linked uh, – in the very beginning of the book, he goes, here's a one-sentence version of the network state, a one-image version, and then a 1,000-word, which is what we shared because that's about the length of an appropriate post. And then he wrote a one-essay, and then it gets into the book. So it gives you like all of these, like how much time do you have? Here's mm -hmm. the idea. Uh, but I, I am super excited about this. And by the way, uh, we maybe we can link this in the show notes or something. But we do have uh, kind of for well-built city stuff, we have a Discord set up. And I just posted in there a link to this book as well. And I'm asking if folks – and by the way, if you're listening and you want to do this, hit me up. Hit me through socials or wherever. But just do you want to – read this together. I'm actually thinking I want to get a book study together, a group of people and go, let's read this and take seriously like what this might mean and how we might recruit into kind of purposeful aligned missional community building that is ultimately forming in the cloud, but aiming at concrete realities in our city. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, and you know, if you don't want to read the whole book, the one word, the one sentence, the a thousand oh, so words, good. so intelligent. Um, so the last thing I kind of want to highlight before we move over to sports is the organizational spotlight that we had this week. And so this week we highlighted Tampa Bay Harvest. And just personally, from my experience last week, I was super excited to learn this group exists. So basically last week we did a new food pickup and we ended up with 2,000 pounds roughly of food that we just didn't have a distribution channel for. And when I called John and asked him, like, what do I do with all this food? 
Um, his immediate go-to was Tampa Bay Harvest because they were aligned in mission, they were aligned in values, and they would be more than happy to accept the food and, and kind of figure out a solution with us. So that was my introduction to them. Going in, into the Tampa Bay Harvest headquarters there was awesome. They were so helpful, so grateful, and even gave back a whole bunch of non-perishable food items that we could keep with us. So what's... Do you want to give a little bit more context as to who they are? No, yeah, these are just old friends that actually a buddy will carry that actually was the same guy that started the Sustainable Living Project, um, started Tampa Bay Harvest, and it's been running for a long time. And then along the way, as kind of he got older, he handed that off, and I think a lot of his attention at the time was going into Sustainable Living. Uh, he went ahead and handed this off to a buddy, Sixto and Blake, This these kind of guys that were doing – um, a lot of work, just a lot like this work in the community, mm -hmm. sharing food, connecting with folks. Uh, but Sixto and Blake have really grown this thing. They built it out tremendously. And, and they're just a great go-to, super aligned in value, mission, and kind of the way that they mm -hmm. do the work. And oh, by the way, those of you that heard, we got a bunch of food and we don't have a distribution channel. It was perishable food. So it had a ticking Correct. clock on it. Yeah, we yeah. still need food. We still have distribution channels. There's plenty that we can do with it, which is why getting canned goods, thank you, uh, Sixto for that getting canned goods from them, which is something we have a hard time getting our hands on was a huge blessing, but yeah, Tampa Bay harvest. They're incredible. Look them up, uh, support them. Um, and if you need some groceries, uh, that's a great place to hit it up. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's about a wrap on what we have in terms of news events and the articles that we shared today. Next up, let's hear from will on sports. Hey everyone, Will Barrett here with your weekly sports update. John has told me to condense this, keep it short, talk fast. People want it quick hitting, so I'm going to try my best. All right, starting off, I'm a big poker fan, poker player, and the World Series of Poker main event kicked off this past week. That's the $10,000 No Limit Hold'em buy-in. It's not a sport, it's a game, whatever. I'm going to include it. Uh, there were four flights for day one that are starting uh, over the past week. Three of them have started. There is one more on Friday the 8th. Already almost 8,000 entrants have entered. And uh, the record from 2006 for the main event is 8,569, so we are poised to break, poised to break that record. Uh, I played the World Series of Poker a few events about a month ago. There's about 70, 80 events in total going on over a six-week time period. I'll post about that on my social media, so come follow me or something, I don't know. Uh, on to the Bucks. nothing too notable this past week. NFL schedules were released. We have the Bengals at home in Week 15, that's interesting because uh, they are the Super Bowl runner-ups. Runner Early betting odds also put us as a runaway favorite to win, it, to win the NFC, NFC South, our division. On to the Lightning hockey. Not much uh, happening there. Coming off their Stanley Cup loss a couple weeks ago, the schedule was released, so you can look that up. The Rays, Tampa Bay Rays baseball, are on a four-game winning streak after taking two away from the Blue Jays last weekend. They crushed the Red Sox uh, twice this past week in Boston, an 8-4 win and a 7-1 win. They've got two games coming up against the Cincinnati Reds in Cincy and then two games first Boston uh, back at home. So maybe check out one of those as they continue to climb the AL East. Tampa Bay Rowdies in, into soccer now. Beat the Memphis 901 2-0 last Saturday. They've got a match at home next Saturday, the 16th, against Loudoun United. I assume that is Loudoun, the area outside of D.C. Uh, staying on soccer, Orlando City, after they tied Nashville last week, they've got an away match at Inter-Miami coming up this weekend on Saturday the 8th. Um, nope. 
Saturday the 9th. Anyways, it's this Saturday at 8 p.m. Uh, I'm going to be sure to tune into that. Really interested. We'll see uh, two Florida MLS teams uh, go head-to-head. Staying on more soccer, most important team, my son's summer team, America de Cali, had a bye week last week. They skipped the 4th of July weekend and resumed play this Saturday morning, bright and early at 8.30 a.m. at the Cinco Soccer Complex out near the Hard Rock. Come join us. Saturday morning, get some breakfast, cheer them on. Uh, We're rolling deep with a slew of family and friends for that. Actually, uh, they need a few more wins this month to qualify for the championship game, which is to take place at halftime of a Rowdies game in August. Very exciting. And then, speaking of 4th of July, the annual Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest was held on Independence Day, where the reigning defending champion Joey Chestnut took it down once again, wolfing down 63 hot dogs in 10 minutes. He has won 15 of the last 16 of these contests and seven in a row. Second place, by the way, uh, was 15 dogs under him. So he crushed everyone. And if you haven't seen it, I highly encourage you to look up the incident that occurred during this contest where a protester ran on stage in front of Joey Chestnut with a Darth Vader mask holding a sign that said, Expose Smithfield's Death Star. I assume that is Smithfield the sausage maker. Um, Not one second later, Joey Chestnut put the protester in a chokehold, discarded them, and went immediately back to inhaling hot dogs. Pretty incredible. That's it this week. See you next. All right, so that's what we're talking about today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. Be good, y'all. One of the top challenges for people seeking employment and education is access to reliable transportation. That's why Well-Built Bikes refurbishes donated bicycles and provides them to struggling community members. If you have an old or unused bike that you can donate to their cause, it could provide mobility and independence to someone who can't afford a car or a brand new bike of their own. Visit BikeShopTampa.com to learn more, or swing by the Well-Built Bikes store in the University Mall on Fowler Avenue.